0: This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy. Independent news commentary with a California perspective, featuring newsmakers, thought leaders, and authors. Season 13, Episode 17 Silicon Valley to Silicon Wadi California's Economic Ties with Israel. Talking with Israeli Consul General Shlomi Kaufman and Bay Area Council Economic Institute Senior Director. Sean Randolph. California's economic ties with Israel are unique. For a relatively small country of 9.3 million people, Israel has a stellar record generating technology startups that connect it to Silicon Valley. But before we launch into Israel's technology success story, I'd like to introduce our two guests. And by the miracles of modern science, we are connecting San Francisco to Israel and also to downtown San Francisco today. So we have a three-way conversation going today. Consul General Shlomi Kaufman is actually visiting in Israel. So he joins us today from Israel. We will have Israeli Consul General to the Northwest Shlomi Kaufman as our guest as well as Senior Director of the Bay Area Council Economic Institute, Sean Randolph. And welcome to the show. Shlomi, let's start off with you first. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Thank you, Jim. It's great to be with you and to be on your on the San Francisco Experience podcast. So I've been serving in the Israeli Forward Service for the past 24 years and really had been a phenomenal experience of Traveling and working in five different big, five, five different cities in uh, China, in Thailand, in mm-hmm. Washington, New York, and in San Francisco. And prior to this, I worked several years in the tech business, and that was that was prior to joining the foreign service. But I gotta tell you, my best experience in all my fifty plus years is my San Francisco experience. And I would say, for many different opportunities to represent Israel been working on this report together with, with my dear friend, Sean, of telling Israel stories, telling it, you know, the connection to to California, uh, where I spent the past five years, is, I would say, my best experience so far. So I'm privileged, and I'm lucky and happy to be here, and thank you for the opportunity.
0: Well, Shalmi, wonderful to have you here in San Francisco, and hope that you stay for many more years. And Sean, could you share with us Your background.
2: Yeah, thanks, Jim. Well, for many years, I've I've straddled the line between business and government. I spent about 12 years on the government side in Washington working Capitol Hill, the White House, Energy Department, State Department, all the time in international positions, and came home to California after that, to run the state's international trade program for a number of years, ran an international business organization out of San Francisco doing business in Asia, did a consulting stint for a time, and I've been with the Barrier Council's Economic Institute now for, for more than 20 years, and I've been here this long because it's really exciting. There's always something new to learn and, and something new to dive deeply into. It's been a real pleasure to work with Shlomi and many of his colleagues last year and up to now. Telling the story about the Bay Area, California, and Israel, because it's really a, a great one.
0: Well, why don't we take that as our point of departure and tell us about the findings. Now, the report, which is entitled Silicon Valley to Silicon Wadi, was published last October. It's a very extensive report. It runs about 76 pages. So why don't we launch right into it? Shlomi, would you like to start off first?
1: Absolutely, we, we worked on the report for the past say, year until it was published. The idea was to tell and, and shed a light on this phenomenal unique story which was built by people, by innovators, by thinkers, by visionaries from Silicon Valley and Silicon Wadi, which is Wadi is basically an Arabic word for, for a valley. But we're calling it we're referring to Israel and where so many Israeli tech companies are. And the idea was to show how these two ecosystems got connected, how they build the relationship, not top-down, but bottom-up. I mean, people who came together, California-based companies who moved to Israel and established the R&D-based because Israel had a unique story to tell and had the unique technology, you know, technological innovators and people who were at the forefront of the technological uh, development and Israelis who moved to California. So it happened, I would say, naturally, where innovators and people who are trying to make the world a better place are looking for partners. And these partners were found for Californians in Israel and for Israelis in California. And I think in the past 40 years since it started, I would say, probably late 70s, and developed slowly but accelerated significantly in the past twenty years. We got to phenomenal numbers of Israeli companies in the Bay Area, in California as a whole, but as well as you know Israeli Silicon Valley based companies, venture capitals who are based tremendously in Israel. And both have an influence on the ecosystem, the respective ecosystems as well as on the rest of the world, which, you know, it's sometimes hard to measure, but once you know the numbers, once you look at the numbers, and that was why we wanted this report, what we wanted this report to reflect, the numbers and the scope of the cooperation. And it definitely does. But we also have to remember that there's there's so much more to tell beyond what is written in the report.
2: Well, Sean... Well, I could fill in a little bit behind Shlomi with with some of the the numbers, which are very impressive. As a word of background, one of the things I spend much or most of my time on at the Economic Institute is producing analyses and engaging around which countries have the deepest and the most interesting ties with the Bay Area and Silicon Valley. And in most cases, this is a story about innovation and entrepreneurs and technology. Well, I've been able over these many years to look at what's going on with China and with India and with Singapore and Canada and Mexico and Japan and Australia and other places as well. And so there's sort of the lay of the land for these. And every story is, is really compelling in its own way. But I was really struck when we started to peel back what was going on with Israel just by the, the intensity of activity. And when you, when you consider that the population there is under 10 million, like mm-hmm. 9.3 million, and it's not much more than just the Bay Area, we're about seven and a half. What comes out of that is per capita just remarkable. And maybe our biggest finding was in terms of technology and innovation and entrepreneurship, the line runs straight to California. So these are two of the densest startup hubs in the world. I think there may be a little more density in Estonia, another small place that just goes crazy with entrepreneurs. But leaving aside Estonia, our ties with Israel are extraordinary. And we have these two places with this huge density of of entrepreneurs, of company founders, and of technology, and of research capacity that really makes this a strong two-way street. So it takes so many forms. One form is like R&D centers, research centers, and they're all over Israel. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's more than 400 that we counted. And it turns out that nearly 25% of all the R&D centers in Israel are from California companies, Mm -hmm. and primarily Bay Area companies. And there's 96 out of about 400 that are just from here. And you look at other countries, the UK or Germany or India or Japan, they're all in single digits. And here we are California with 96. So that says a lot. Then when you look at acquisitions, there are so many Israeli startups. And of course, there, there are so many smart people there. Uh, but the market is tiny. So they have to look globally immediately. And so they go out around the world. And they, they grow. They're often acquired. And the first place they look is the U.S., the big market. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our companies here acquire Israeli companies, and that's how they grow. And it turns out that our companies in California are responsible for, for half of all the acquisitions of Israeli companies worldwide. And when you talk about what's the value of the acquisition, we account for 70% of all the acquisitions of Israeli companies. And these are really creative small tech companies that really support the competitiveness, the growth of, of our companies And and we we see Israel as just a a fountainhead of these really creative companies and founders. And what we see coming out of that is uh, our companies here, and this is just talking about say venture kind of investment. Our companies in California have invested in more than 750 Israeli startups. This is really remarkable for a country with 9.3 million people. And there are almost 500 Israeli startups that are have their offices here in California. That's amazing. Uh, So anyway, you look at the numbers. It's really a a remarkable story. And as Shlomi was saying, it it delivers real value both here and and in Israel.
0: Let me come back to Shlomi. Shlomi, in looking at the principal concentrations where Israeli companies have been successful here in the United States, and of course in Israel. I'm looking at cybersecurity. I'm looking at mobility. Of course, I think of Waze, the the GPS location service, uh, originally an Israeli company. Fintech, Agtech, water, enabling technologies for artificial intelligence. Do any of those areas stand out to you in terms of any success stories you could uh, share with us?
1: I would start maybe even going to one stage before, which is the semiconductors. Mm-hmm. And the semiconductors, actually a lot started with semiconductors and moved more into the software. But I think the acquisition of uh, ways is very significant. And, but more than that, I think the acquisition of Mobili, which is when you talk about numbers, was a huge investment into an Israeli company and which one which is growing. You know, there is this past year, there is so many so many companies that were acquired as sean mentioned which is like it's just the the numbers are stunning and and you know there are more to come because we israel because out of necessities and out of concentration and focus on tech education supplying tech needs Mm -hmm. uh, for different reasons Uh, remember we are a country of 9.3 but we're also a country which is one nineteenth of california Mm We need to find ways to provide and to, to provide our needs to develop our economy. But first of all, our needs, whether it started with agro technologies and the, um, the different innovation that into, let's say, water efficiency and water irrigation, and then moving into cybersecurity, which is more, I would say, defense. So, all that kind of providing and building this. Ecosystem and like a dynamic of innovation, which as we have more and more generation of young people coming to the workforce, I would say coming to the academy, and then first military, then academy, and then into the workforce, they're all technology oriented, innovation oriented, in order to incorporate. So the I believe and that the dynamics is there to continue this momentum. I mean, israel aims as the target of getting close to one million workers in the tech sector within the next several years we're going to move we're going to continue moving into this direction which will i'm sure it will generate more and more companies in the future
0: that's that's so impressive i we spoke of education i had the the honor and the privilege to visit israel many years ago and as you probably recall shlomi san francisco and haifa are sister cities and we had the opportunity to visit the Technion, the I guess the MIT of uh, of Israel. Of course, there's the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. There's Ben-Gurion University in the Negev. They're just three of the major universities I know that play a major role in the development of technology in Israel. But before the university level, does it also begin in high school? Are high school kids taught how to code and introduced to technological skills?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This this the innovation kind of spirit and the and, and the I would say, technological education starts even earlier than the high school in the middle school. It it penetrates to middle schools, and which are already starting to prepare kids for the high school. And then in the high school, you have kids who are kind of studying departments in like, cybersecurity departments hmm. or robotic departments or very strong math, physics departments. I mean, I myself, but that was years ago, we started with math, physics and technology, but that, that was in the 80s. In, and actually, back then, we started to build this generation of People or students who moved into technology and build these ready success stories. And today, it's I would say most of the high schools have some one one department which focuses on technology, cyber math, to prepare and to build the next workforce. Because we understand that this is where we have the advantage. This is where the our edges. Is, this is the future, and we need to invest in that. And that's why. You know, Israel, if you look at Israel's GDP, it's in a report, it's written 40, but the, actually, actually the latest reports are talking about over $45,000 per capita, and it's all mostly technology, the technology that drives it and in the, the innovation spirit.
0: Very impressive. Sean, on this side of the, the ocean, our universities here in the Bay Area, Berkeley, Stanford, UC Davis— Talk to us a little bit about uh, the collaboration between Israeli universities and Bay Area universities in creating this unique ecosystem between California and Israel.
2: Absolutely. maybe I might just add to what Shlomi said before that, that as you pointed out, Jim, military service is mandatory in Israel. So everybody has this shared experience and they go through the military before going to college and the the very best the the elite as they're pulled into military service are identified and channeled into essentially military intelligence units that are very tech heavy mm-hmm. and they are kind of thrown into an environment very young you have got the best equipment of the world there are security challenges every day mm-hmm. and here solve this so when they come out compared to say entrepreneurs in you know in the US and most countries they're pretty seasoned. <laughs> yes. They've had experience with making real world decisions and command and they they've lived with risks. And I think it really does support the whole entrepreneurial kind of capacity as they kind of move into into industry. And if you go to a lot of these Israeli companies here, Israeli founders, and it turns out that, you know, most of them are graduates of one of these elite defense units focused on military intelligence. So there is really a, a diverse training background where they get both the early education, but then you know the practical experience before they even you know pop out in in into the business world. But behind that, as you were getting to, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a really strong foundation in in research. And again, we're talking about technology here, and that starts somewhere. And as you pointed out, Jim, there are some great universities in in Israel. With different specialties, some have a particular specialty in ag tech. Some mm-hmm. of the leading ag tech ones in the world specialize in water down in the Negev. AI is enormous, cyber, health tech. So you you've got a base there within the university system, and then connecting to California, there are really deep, deep ties up here in the northern California. Say for example, at UC Davis, you know the leading ag tech. Campus in the United States, very strong connections with with faculty and postdocs constantly going back and forth between, say, Davis and and, and Israel. You have large contingents of Israeli postdocs and researchers at really all the major California universities. But up here, Stanford, UCSF, Davis, Berkeley—you know, all the ones you would imagine—really uh, in in making major contributions. And then if you look at the flow of actual kind of what are people working on in the research, there are three remarkable institutions that Israel and the United States sent up years ago to support binational research, which is mm-hmm. basically a research activity where there are research teams on both sides, mm-hmm. and therefore the projects are joint projects and joint products they produce, and they're jointly funded. So Israel and the US put in the same amount of money Many years back, they have review processes for screening of the applicants. Again, they have to be both from Israel and the U.S. And if you look at one called BIRD, B-I-R-D, mm-hmm. that funds binational industrial research. For the entire United States, California is by far the largest recipient of BIRD grants. Compared to anywhere else, We we really dominate the landscape. More than 286 of those grants have come to California teams. Then you got BARD, B-A-R-D, and that's the same thing, but for ag tech. And again, guess what? California researchers, California universities are the number one recipient in the country of the BARD grants. And then you have what's called the Binational Science Foundation, again, jointly funded. There have been 881 projects there. And again, guess what? California is by far the largest recipient, and California universities and researchers are by far... The, the largest recipients of those grants and so these are really moving forward technology and innovation based on the respective strengths that you find in here in, in israel and in california both in universities and in, in industries and they're working together on common problems and, and, and common products climate change and energy being uh, maybe the latest among them so it's really a, an exciting and important base
0: you know, at this point, we've covered a lot of the areas, not all, but a lot of the areas of the the secret sauce, if you will, of the success of both Silicon Valley and Silicon Wadi. But we haven't yet talked about finance, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how brilliant the idea is, it's got to be financed. And talk to me about the financing opportunities that Israeli companies find here in the Bay Area. And also in Israel. So, Shlomi, can we start with you first, and then hand it over to Sean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, Israeli companies, by nature, they start, they start, start building up. They need to scale, and, and companies are looking for, you know, for investments. And California-based venture capitals are very well familiar with the value that Israeli companies, the technological issue they can bring, and that's why many of them are moving to Silicon Valley to scale up. Where they find a lot of opportunities uh, for investments, including Israeli investors who already came, like Israeli-American investors who are are located in Silicon Valley. Some of them I mentioned here in the report, and they are the ones who are continuing to invest in the Israeli companies, along with many of of the big investors that we all know from the Valley. So we see this kind of circle of moving the idea that this, is being built in Israel, moving to silicon Valley getting the funding sometimes the funding is being also provided already while they're in Israel. there are also this type of frameworks, but they are moving many of are moving to California to start scale up to search for investment which support the you know the build up in the scale of the company and then moving to the next stage whether're maturing and and coming back, or being or being acquired by local company but this is definitely the the cycle that exists, um, but again, you have a cycle which you have investments here and there. I mean, a lot of money flows to Israel. I, I think we're talking about in the past between three and 2021, California-based companies invested total of two, uh, $22 dollars 20, in Israeli companies. Twenty-two billion. Two billion. Do- two billion dollars. Yes. 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 Twenty-two point four, to be precise. So we're talking about significant numbers of investments which are flowing into Israeli companies.
0: And Sean, on the Silicon Valley side, any thoughts about the financing aspect of both for startups and for companies that are a little bit further along and looking to scale up?
2: I think that Silicon Valley venture investors here are... You know very focused on what's coming out of Israel in you know a number of key fields. And these are the ones of course where you find the highest level of activity in among startups in, in Israel. So water technology, ag tech, things around mobility, health tech, fintech. Cyber, of course, is, is, is enormous. And, you know, when you, you put those together, that's primarily where the funding is going. because really innovative technologies are coming out of Israel. And, of course, once a venture company invests, they may continue to, to invest. And, you know, very often, I think we're seeing a bit of a change now. Typically, the Israeli company has moved to Silicon Valley or somewhere in the U.S. This It's usually Silicon Valley fairly quickly. I think now more of them are staying a bit longer in Israel because there is a lot of money going into Israel now and companies are growing fast there as well. But at the end of the day, the market is still here. And Even if an Israeli company does choose to to grow and grow a longer period at home in Israel, at the end of the day, they all have a footprint here in Silicon Valley. Because again, it's where the market is, and it's where the investment is primarily continuing to come from.
1: Mm And I would would maybe add uh, one more sentence, is that the significant Israeli community in Silicon Valley is playing a very major role in, in continuing to enhance and deepen this connection, whether we're talking about investors or we're talking about Israelis who are sitting in very senior positions in different companies from Intel and Apple and and Google and and other companies. Mm -hmm. And they are being the bridge and 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 the very strong connection of bringing technology, kind of investing, introducing, bringing them batteries, this is a very significant, significant player in the success story, in the connection between Israel and, and California.
0: Yeah, well, Slomi, it sounds as though that's a, that's a key part of the ecosystem for success for Israeli companies mm-hmm. coming here to Silicon Valley, knowing that there's a successful Israelis who've been here before who followed this path before and who act as role models I guess for for the their junior compatriots who arrive here with an idea with a with a dream and uh, help them to achieve it
1: yeah Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Shlomi and Sean, in the remaining few minutes of the podcast, do you have some closing thoughts for our listeners? Because both of you today have outlined for us, you've pulled back the curtain, if you will, on some of the secrets of Silicon Valley. I mean, they're not secrets to you, Shlomi, or Sean, or to me, but to many people, they're fascinated by the continual innovation and creativity that comes out of Silicon Valley. And I think what you've done today in our discussion and review of this report is to to come down to some of the concrete reasons for that creativity and look to the future. So, again, in closing, any final thoughts for our listeners?
1: I think that looking at the report and what we have achieved so far, Israel and California and Israelis and Californians, I would say that we're just in the beginning of the story. And we have much more to do together, to expand, to deepen. The academic ties are phenomenal. The tech ties are phenomenal. And we're going to continue and innovate together and make the world a better place together and think together for the benefit benefit of humanity. It's not just for the benefit of Israelis or Californians, but it's for the benefit of the humanity that, that that needs that. And we are together in this road in this journey, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. Mm-hmm. And thank you for and thank you for this opportunity.
2: My pleasure. And Sean? Yeah, two thoughts, Jim. One is that at a, at a very high level there is a strong alignment, historical alignment of the US, including California, of course, with Israel. you know we're, we're both democracies kind of messy democracy sometimes, but but that's what we are. The way the world is going these days, I think a lot of people are starting to kind of expand their thinking about supply chains and reliable partners and security. And I think Israel is on that short list of companies, uh, of, of countries, of being a fellow democracy, similar values, and aligned on things that are important to security, globally and on both sides. So I think that that makes Israel stand out in a particular way as a partner. When we think about things like semiconductors, for example, where all this really began this conversation with, with California. And the other part is about people. You know, it it, it is, you know, the entrepreneurs, In Israel, and where they're coming from, and where they're going to, and and the pathway that this bridge to California and the Bay Area offers them, and then about kind of the I think the attitudes toward risk and being bold that you find here in Silicon Valley, where investors are ready to place their bets, and we've seen that happening in in large scale. So I think there's there's on multiple levels a uh, a strong alignment between the two economies, the two countries, but also israelis and California. there's a lot of similarities were, we're pretty big risk takers on both sides and i think that really provides a, uh, a strong foundation for whatever happens next
0: well i want to thank israeli consul general shlomi kaufman and bay area economic institute senior director sean randolph for being our guest today to shed light on israel's success story in the tech field both here in silicon valley and in israel and Shlomi and Sean, thank you very much for being with us today, thank taking the time. Shlomi, thank you for calling in on your visit to Israel.
1: Thank you so much, Jim. It was a pleasure. Sean, always thank you to to be on the, on the call with you. And uh, as we say, shalom, shalom from Israel, and to be continued. Thank you.
2: <laughs> to be continued. Thank you, Jim, and thank you, Shlomi. It's been fun.
0: Thank you, and for my listeners. As we celebrate the second anniversary of the San Francisco experience, thank you for your ongoing support. Our first episode aired March 26, 2020, just 10 days into the COVID shelter in place here in San Francisco. Today's episode is number 263, and we plan to do many more like this quality one today. This has been the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy coming to you from America's favorite city, San Francisco.